0: The season 10 premiere of Sighting the Tone in ER Retrospective. The show, we do a chronological breakdown of every episode of our favorite TV medical drama. My name is Elizabeth, and with me today, as always, are Lauren. Hello. And Daniel. Hey. Today, we'll be discussing season 10, episode 1, which is held Now What. The episode aired on September 25th, 2003. Lauren, what was going on over that summer 20 years ago?
1: Well, if I do this, I don't have to talk for the rest of the episode. I'm just going to say that right <laughs> now. This is a page of all me, baby. Uh, of first stuff. off, uh, I wished myself a happy birthday at the end of last episode, so I'm going to pass this one over to happy late birthday to Lizzie. Would have been 15?
0: 2003,
1: yeah. Woo, I did math good. Uh, Paul McCartney performs for his first time ever in Russia, playing for over 100,000 people in Moscow's Red Square. Uh, NASA launches its latest Mars exploration rover, Spirit, beginning its six-month journey towards the Red Planet. Wicked, the musical based on The Wizard of Oz and starring Adina Menzel and Kirsten Chenoweth, officially opens at the Curran Theater in San Francisco. And it it's now music- everywhere. This musical fucks, and I love it. Uh, over Now for stuff that I'm going to completely glaze over that these two will care about. Uh, over in the NHL, the New Jersey Devils defeat the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim four games to three in, to win the Stanley Cup. Sorry, Daniel. In the NBA Finals, the San Antonio Spurs defeat the New Jersey Nets four games to two. Spurs power forward Dim- Tim Duncan is named Series M... Dim Duncan. Tim Duncan is named Series MVP. And still in NBA news, so I'm still not paying attention to what I'm reading. At the NBA draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select some joker named LeBron, LeBron James first overall. Clearly the worst number one pick ever.
0: Mm. MJ's mm. better.
2: On that uh, note, uh, uh, well, as like 1 versus 1, I mean like you know, that's the that's a debate you could have forever. But uh it's just trying cra- to just it,
1: coast us through it, guys. It is crazy <laughs> to
2: me to think of like that I don't know, like the 2003 NBA draft, that feels like the the dawning of my like sports awareness. Like that was when I really started paying attention heavily to sports. And, um, it's just crazy to think that that guy is still like part of our sports lives some 20 years later. Like he is still at it and not only still at it, but still like very productive. Like it's insane that he's still one of the top players in the entire world and has pretty much never stopped since he was 16 years
0: old. Never stopped, never stopping. So not the title of that movie. Sure. We'll go with that. It was an Andy Samberg movie from, from a few years ago. Ah,
2: well, that explains why I have no frame of reference for it whatsoever. Allergic to that man. So, any,
1: so anyway, for a complete tonal shift, uh, the U.S. Supreme Court rules in Lawrence v. Texas that gender-based sodomy laws are unconstitutional. Uh, this, this next one fucked me up. SARS is officially declared contained by the World Health Organization. The virus had spread to 26 countries, killing 774 people. How quaint. I remember yeah.
2: SARS being a huge fucking deal, right? Right, like, huge deal, and like that at the peak of COVID, that wouldn't that would have been a slow day. The right. entire the entire run of SARS would have been a slow day for COVID at the peak of it. That's insane because, like you said, that was I yeah. I feel like that was a dominating news story that whole summer.
1: Yeah, it was all over the place. Same with like when West Nile happened people gave anyway sorry just quaint uh at the 55th emmy awards er is once again left out in the cold as the west wing wins best drama series i can't be mad about it
0: yeah i kind of didn't earn anything last year
1: (laughs) the classic bioware rpg star wars night of the old republic is released for the xbox console nights of the old
0: republic that was my that was my bad typo
1: Okay. Darn. Uh thank you for correcting. There's more than
0: one night in the old Republic. Well, I
1: I wouldn't have I didn't even read it, so I wouldn't have paid attention. Actor Nick Offerman and actress Megan Mullally tie the knot in Los Angeles. By all accounts, they have a wonderful and very active sex life. Thank you for the Parks and Rec uh drop.
0: Appreciate no, it, it it wasn't it's not even it's not even that. They Nick Offerman is on record that ah. they fuck very often.
1: Of course he is, because that gem of a man. Uh English actress Bella Ramsey is born. Bella is best known for her supporting role on Game of Thrones and co-starring in the TV adaptation of The Last of Us. Uh, I love her. I love them. Them, right?
2: I believe so. I think
1: think they... I believe believe so. so. I think they... Anyway, uh, notable deaths over the summer include U.S. Senator Strom Thurmond, actress Catherine Hepburn, musician Barry White, actor and comedian Bob Hope, Actor Charles Bronson and legendary country singer Johnny Cash. I know we I just re- talked about this with 91s or with 922. So. I
0: didn't realize he went so fast yep. after his wife. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's, it's a matter in- of
2: weeks.
1: Yep. Uh, notable movies released over the summer include The Matrix Reloaded, Bruce Almighty, Finding Nemo, Italian Job, Too Fast, Too Furious, Hulk, Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle. Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, 28 Days Later, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Bad Boys 2, Sea Biscuit. Spy Kids 3, Game Over, American Wedding, Freaky Friday, Freddy vs. Jason, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, Matchstick Men, and your number one movie this week, Underworld. Oh my god, we're really, we continue to get into the Lauren is becoming a conscious human being timeline. Right? Like these, I'm all like, yep, yep. Yep. Uh, I will
0: still defend that Terminator 3 is a fun movie. It's not a very good movie. It's a fun movie.
1: Okay. yeah. It's That's fine cuz I I do this. I do the same with um with Pirates of the Caribbean. So, I get it. Uh, but then number one songs over the summer include 21 ke- questions 21 questions by 50 Cent featuring Nate Dogg. This is the night by Clay Aiken. Crazy in Love by Beyonce featuring Jay-Z and your current number one song, Shake Your Tail Feather by Nelly, P. Diddy, and Murphy Lee. Daniel is laughing because you got to hear me say Shake Your Tail Feather. Also, hi
0: Beyonce. How are you?
1: Hello. How are you doing? 20 years Um, of
2: Beyonce being the the biggest solo artist in the world.
0: This song still gets stuck in my head. Oh,
2: yeah. On that
1: note... On that note, Daniel, what else was on? I know you're on a timeline. trying to get us through. Lauren
2: is desperate for any sort of movement. She does not want to belabor any points tonight. What else was on at 8 p.m.? Friends with the episode, the one after Joey and Rachel kiss. Uh, I, again, limited knowledge of the Friends fandom. I do know this is a cursed pairing in the Friends fandom. A lot of people really hate that they did this. So, uh, shout out to them. Uh, at 8:30, Will and Grace with the episode "Dames at Sea," and at 9:30, we have a new show uh, checking in. Don't get used to it, though. Coupling uh, with its pilot episode, a remake of a British sitcom of the same name, a notorious flop. This uh, will be canceled after just one month on TV. Uh, and when asked about it, uh, there was a, I read an interview with an NBC executive where he was talking about this show and why it didn't work and he was he gave this like long-winded uh you know roundabout answer and then he finally was just like actually it just sucked like he had no like if you, <laughs> and, and if you go read the the uh, sino- like there's more synopsis on the wikipedia page about what a piece of shit this show was and how bad this adaptation was uh than there is about the show itself uh it is My- really bad
1: I had a friend in high school who was obsessed with the British one. So I've seen the British one a pretty fair amount of times. But I'm glad I never laid eyes on this uh,
2: remake. Yeah, the British one is is still very well regarded. But this uh, American adaptation, oh boy, real bad. Uh, This week's uh, season premiere had 23.2 million viewers tuning in, directed by Jonathan Kaplan, doing his 30th out of 40 as a director. Last time we saw him was in uh, late season 9 with Foreign Affairs. And written, of course, by showrunner John Wells, doing his 24th out of 32 as a writer. And, of course, the last time we saw him was just last episode with the uh, season finale, Kissing Gani. Uh And, of course, we have no le- no Luca with us this week, seeing as he's dead. Wink. Wink. Okay, who
1: put that in the notes? That was me. <laughs> Thank you,
0: Daniel. I don't know how to put a GIF in to micro- into Google Docs. So uh, I, I
2: just yeah. did a go- little Google search and then did a little copy and paste. But... Uh Yeah, he's
0: dead. It really is that simple, folks, Wink. and I'm just that dumb.
1: Wink. Nice nice Lucille
0: Bluth. Yes. All right. Uh, Hey, it's season 10, folks. We made it, Woo. I guess. Woo. Uh, previously on is brought to us by Abby and Carter. And we open with sort of like that same scene that we ended with,
2: mm-hmm. but
0: longer. So right. Carter's getting into Abby's with a beautiful musical cue, which... This scene does not deserve, which is last seen in
2: last. Well, last trying, heard yeah, in.
0: I don't know if it's last heard in, but it's it's most
2: most uh, noti- noticeably used in Mark's funeral, which uh, is a hell of a choice to reuse that music here. I, I it almost feels like it almost feels like them trying to tell us something here that there's another funeral <laughs> happening on
0: screen. But people, <sighs> this woman. Abigail, T- Abigail Lockhart. T- I was going to say Tiberius, woman has been,
2: been user Christian name.
0: Excuse me, uh, Abby, Abby Tiberius Lockhart. I thought Is you were going to call a- her Abacus. Abacus. <laughs> no, I do not want to name a character after one of your many little thingies that you have at your job. Um, little thingies being a program. Anyway, but this woman, she has been battered in her apartment before and this man
1: this this man this dumbass this man. of a
0: man is just throw him in the whole dumpster because you do not you should not be sneaking up on this woman in her safe space like carter come on man are you better than this i don't know actually so anymore so <laughs> he's on his uh, redemption arc. It was definitely yeah, it was definitely yeah.
2: something that i didn't cons- didn't fully consider uh when we saw this the much shorter much more preferable mm-hmm. version of this scene uh mm-hmm. at the
0: end of season nine i didn't
2: really consider that at
0: the time but it is a great point mm-hmm. yeah so it's amazing she doesn't wake up and just start like hit him with a baseball bat or something but she wishes. yeah lauren wishes that's what happened but Uh, But she's watching her sleep like we saw at the end of Season 9, and she wakes up exceptionally confused and rightfully pissed that Carter woke her up. So let's listen to what she has to say. Hi.
3: Life in London was delayed. I missed you. Did you just let yourself in? I'm sorry about how I left. Can I have my key back, please?
0: Uh, I wanted to leave in the audio of Carter being a pissy man, baby, Uh, (laughs) aka slamming the door on his way out. Because what the fuck did you expect, man? You just said peace out, bye, and like left the country for two weeks, and like suddenly you and you think she hasn't like had feelings in that time, or like been like, oh yeah, he broke up with me. Great, that sucked, and started to mo- started to try to move on a little bit. I think she was just pining after you every single moment that you were in Africa. God, Carter, I am God. I'm
2: just so glad that a they like they don't waver for a moment about being like, oh, maybe we are gonna like keep this little shit shit charade going. Uh, like they they do like immediately cut through all the bullshit and just be like, can I have my key back? Like this is over with. Uh. But also, I also appreciate that Abby's initial reaction to Carter showing back up in the middle of the night after two weeks is to immediately reach for a cigarette. Like, she's like, Jesus Christ. Like, I just, I can't with this man. Like, I have to, I need a cigarette.
1: Fuck, fuck that whole man. Let's throw him all in the garbage. Oh, my God. And I do absolutely agree that I appreciate how Abby's like, I just need a fucking cigarette. What the fuck, my dude? Fuck. Mm. With all that being said, we'll go into the actual intro here this this whole like opening segment aside from carter being a stalker reminds me a lot of like the intro to a house episode uh, yeah i was trying to think because like it doesn't it doesn't feel like er mm-hmm. and i was sitting with it and i was like oh this is how house would do an episode so we uh we see two moms loading their kids into a car for carpool and it, it's going along parallel with Pratt's running into work a little bit late mom starts talking on her phone while she's driving uh pratt makes it onto the brown line for work i want to note he gets on at the Harold washington library stop which is the one that they often have people getting off of for work so this is theoretically the county <laughs> brown line stop here that he has run onto. great we're having a little bit of union station geography happening here um Little girl asks the mom driving the carpool where they are. She answers her phone again and passes out at the wheel, flipping the car and causing a huge fucking accident. And as this is happening, it only gets worse as they get slammed by a huge truck into a post of the L-Tracks.
0: I thought this was a different episode after I saw this. Mm -hmm. I thought this is the one where... Do we already have this one where it's like the woman, like we hear her thoughts, but she can't... Mm-hmm. No, no one can hear no, her. That's, we haven't um, had that
2: one yet. Isn't that the Cynthia Nixon episode? That's, that's the Cynthia Nixon Yeah, Nixon. okay, thank that's, you. That's, uh, I thought that was this one. That's, se- nope. that's next season, I believe. I think that's season
0: 11. I'm very much looking forward to that one, because it's yeah,
2: freaky as fuck. It's a great episode. But uh, yeah, no, the, you're right, Lauren. Yeah. This one was very housey. Uh, it was like house meets final destination kind of yes. vibes to it. Like, it was very, like... yeah. the 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 actual accident itself is very like series of unfortunate events like Mm -hmm. kind of thing um I didn't hate it but it it is just it does represent kind of another evolution of the show's storytelling thing of like they are changing and evolving with the times because this is not an intro that I would have uh that I think would have fit or would have seemed normal for any of the the previous nine seasons yeah
1: it's the only, like, there's only a handful of times we see something like this. The only other one I can think of top of head is the Belushi episode.
2: A little bit, yeah. A little like bit the, of that. It's
1: like the only other time I can think of it. But anyway, um with that, appropriately, we are in with some bangs. And then we go to Pratt flirting with the woman he sat next to on the train, but the train is delayed because of the accident. And the fire department is trying to clean up the crash, which of course happened right in front of the ambulance bay, because, yep, and while this is all going on, we learned that Gallant graduated yesterday, so he's as close to a doctor as they have for this.
0: And we get our first look at an updated version of the ER, well, update in progress, because there's some very extensive construction still going on. Uh, Frank is complaining about needing new copier paper or some such, Uh, and... Look who it is, folks! Yeah, she. What a little baby! Nah. Little, little baby Neela shows up, and Frank is her fir- first interaction. And of course, he's all grumpy and is like, "What? Don't we hire Americans anymore?"
1: Along <laughs> with some other terrible things, right? Yeah.
0: Oh boy! Yes,
2: Neela has arrived. Uh, quite possibly, this has kind of like a little bit of echoes of Lucy, like that kind mm-hmm. of like they. I saw somebody in one of the listener response type comments, um, and I forgive me, I can't remember if I pulled it or not, um, but they basically said something to the effect of like, they were concerned watching this episode that they thought that uh, Neela, when they watched it at the time, they were concerned that Neela was going to be just like another Harkins that was going to be like another like, mm. you know, blink and you miss him kind of med student character who wasn't going to be that big of a deal and i don't Boy, know were you wrong yeah but yeah um i i was uh may, and maybe just because i had the benefit of hindsight going in but like to me it seems like they do sort of put more kind of a central focus on her to the point where like i don't i never got that uh, i never got that uh implication at all to me it always seemed like she was going to be a big deal from yeah. the get go, and also to considering the context of like kind of where this actress is at this time. Of course, Neela, played by actress Parminder Parminder Nagra, um, who is uh, appeared in stuff like Alcatraz, The Blacklist, uh, and was most famous, especially at this time, coming off of the hit indie movie Bend It Like Beckham, uh, which was like an insane everywhere, insane success, international success. Like she was very much kind of like an it. Uh, girl at this time because of that movie Um, she was uh, according to John Levy's book she was the only person ever on ER who was offered the job in the room like he said it was the only time he ever saw John Wells offer somebody a job in the room like after an audition or after a meeting like usually they would go back and talk about it and you know go through agents and stuff like that he was like he did not want to let her get away and was basically just like hey you want the job if you want it it's yours so like it They were very, very high on her, and for good reason. She's going to be with us for uh, 129 appearances through 2009. She is with us almost to the bitter end. Um, Her last appearance is – she's not in the finale, but her last appearance is, like, two episodes before the finale, I think. So, like, she's very, very close to being a lifer.
0: No, I I believe she's actually in the finale, but, like, virtually. Oh, yeah, you're um, right. Yeah,
2: there's a a a video video call. call or some shit. Yeah, some goofiness.
1: I'm sorry, I just died when I realized <laughs> that like, oh, she's only in 129 remaining episodes. It's like, oh god, she's in the final third of the show. <laughs> oh, we're in so, we have so much left to do. So many miles
2: to go before we sleep. But I will say she is the <laughs> she has the very I feel very much the same way about this as I did about um Lucy joining us that, uh-huh. like she is the shot of adrenaline and the shot of energy into the arm that I really desperately needed and after the heart a, after right just after a very uneven last season this was the exact breath breath of fresh air that I needed to really get me excited for this season
1: give me a new perspective main character and make it Neela please thank you Lizzie go ahead
0: there are that means there are two episodes between mm-hmm. now and the end of uh, between mm-hmm. now and the very end of the show that she is not in two yep. yeah
2: pretty crazy which I th- yeah which i think might be the last two or, or two out of the last three maybe
0: because remember they still
2: get credited for appearances even if they're not technically in the show once like if they're not in the episode once they're in the cast they even get credit only appearances um wait
0: when was episode 200 uh the last the that next 20, it was 20, 20, uh, when night day,
2: it was 21 of uh, so, so this there's is, only
0: one episode she's not in
2: this is episode 202 yeah, yeah. so there's Math. only one Math hurts. Math is hard. But yeah, I'm very excited to see Neela. I am very excited to revisit all of this stuff. I'm very just... And I think she is the the, uh, success story that Lucy never could be. Like, I feel... like That Lucy never got to be, let's say. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. you wouldn't have this character had Lucy worked out. I don't think they would have bothered with... Oh, absolutely not. They wouldn't have bothered with Neela if that whole thing worked out. So I think this is going to be the ultimate realization of all the potential from lucy and her original run um and i just i couldn't be more excited and i can't believe i completely forgot about it when we were talking about it in the uh, talking about what we were excited about in season 10 and the wrap-up i was all focused on all the other kind of stuff we get added into season 10 i completely glossed over neela which was uh, a huge oversight on my part but uh so yeah much more to come from neela this episode we see Carrie hitting a construction ladder with her cane as Jerry smiles at her. Gary's got very, very good, like, overwhelmed, like, kind of chaos gremlin energy this episode.
1: Uh, She's got Lauren, hour 60 on month and close week going on.
0: Yeah. Just, just maxed yeah. out. Done, done with yep. everyone. And I, I'm. Now I'm fan. just trying to imagine Lauren just. Hit- Hitting, hitting her coworkers' computers with, like, a baseball bat or something. It, no, it would be, just a just giant, be,
1: like... be a giant crochet needle. Giant crochet hook.
0: There we go. Okay. Just, but yeah, just be like, the... get your expenses in. Lots of,
2: uh, yep, that lots, tracks. of lots of Laura in his yelling in this episode. And I'm always a big fan <laughs> of Laura in his yelling. I love it. Uh, but we see uh, Abby getting Susan from the bathroom where she exits with Chuck. <laughs> uh, well, because,
1: yeah, there's a... There's a line right before this where Abby's like, "Oh, do you know where Susan is?" And she's like, "Yeah, she's in a handicap bathroom." And Abby says something like, "Really again?"
2: Yeah, <laughs> and and we like, should mention, hmm. or I should mention too, since I neglected to do so in the, I guess twenty one or or on the wrap up because it's it's been a minute since we've been in the ER itself. Uh, but we were saying goodbye to like a huge bit of the layout of the the ER, like the lounge as we've known it since season two. Uh, is gone and is now opened up. You know, with uh, as they're expanding the triage area and the waiting room and all that stuff. So um, I forgot this is where they moved to the slightly larger lounge. Uh, and I think it's they never really they say it's located near X-ray, but of course they never really firmly lay out, uh, nailed down where mm-hmm. X-ray is. But I think if I remember correctly, it's kind of implied that it's on like a second floor. So like they've moved the they've moved the lounge kind of off of the main ER floor. Um, But it that again, all that stuff is kind of fluid as we go along. But it was definitely something that I should have mentioned towards the end of last season. I just didn't realize it was happening. Didn't realize what was right in front of me. Um, But uh, Frank then passes Neela off on Susan, calling her a TWA, an acronym that makes no sense to us now. But uh, we will get explained to us by the end of the episode. Uh, the mom from the accident is brought in along with the kids. Uh, and we find out there's no other doctors available at the moment. Carrie says Gallant is good enough, even though he just graduated yesterday. And then the computers crash. Oh boy. And then. I just love Frank saying, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this actually felt like kind of a, a rebirth of, of the Frank and Jerry dynamic this episode. Like we, we're starting to get a little bit more of the organic Frank and Jerry stuff that I think we've all been waiting for. Um, and more, more train bullshit here. I don't, what's the, uh, what's, what's the train nonsense? Uh,
0: oh yeah. There's, uh, instead of being like, you know, the brown line, like every single sign you've pretty much seen before. I don't know if we just never noticed this before. Or if this, no, is new, this is new, but the things say, but the sign above like the entryway up to the L mm-hmm. says trains to shepherd Avenue. The Fuck is outlined in green.
1: That does not exist. Like they've had it so fine before. it just said loop like it's supposed to, or and so I do not know why they put this up. Also, Daniel, I think somehow your neighbor came and possessed our neighbor. Just, just very loud neighbor noises right now. It's very distracting. Um, but yeah, no, the Shepherd Avenue thing is really weird. Like I don't know why they felt the need to add this to their signage. It just. Hmm. Does not it make just any lo- it sense. It just looks
0: weird, and yeah, yeah.
1: It's not even the right layout. It, it's right. Like I get.
0: I get. If you can't use exact stuff because of copyrights with CTA and whatever, I get. I I get that. But what was wrong with what you had before?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but we see Pratt finally getting off the train and uh, greeting Carter on his way in, and I thought it was very uh, reminiscent of some of the early season uh, Carter run-ins to the ER when Carter was still uh, up and coming. Um, there's a lot, I feel like in this episode echoes of younger Carter in Pratt in this season premiere type episode. There's a lot of the same, a lot of the complaints we're going to have about Pratt this episode are going to be the same complaints that we've had about Carter in previous season premieres where it feels feels like he forgot everything that he learned, uh, at the end of last
0: semester. (laughs) And it feels like we've backslid, (laughs) but Carter also is rolling in. Uh, he's looking very, very confused by the construction. Uh, Bro, it was still it was under construction when you were there two not weeks. Not like
1: this, no. I this, suppose,
0: but that, yeah, I, the, I know. But the
1: construction last last time was more external stuff. He did. They had not started hoeing out the middle of the <laughs> ER proper when he left. Oh, hoeing out
2: yeah. is that, that
0: that did it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> something Doesn't like that. <laughs> I but yeah, he's like, where the hell's the lounge? And it's been moved by X-ray. Does that stay that way? Pretty much.
2: Uh, yeah, I think that's. But again, like I said, they don't really have, uh, ever firmly nail down where X-ray is. So I guess that's kind of a slick move on their part to to attach it to something
0: nebulous so that they can move it around to fit their needs. Uh, but Carrie asks if he brought Kovac back with him. And he's like, N-, and he's like, J- he just says no. As as he's as a pane of glass shatters behind Carrie because of course everything's going wrong with her and with the construction, of course. He gets to the lounge and sees a bag hanging on his locker, and it's his stuff from Abby's again. Go, girl, Mister Mr. Mr. Mister Mister Carter, sir. What the hell did you expect? <laughs> you broke up with the woman.
2: You go, girl. The uh, the the pane of glass falling behind Carrie. That feels like. They had that marked down on a sheet of like potential things they could cut away from to go to the intro, and then decided in the edit that it worked. It didn't work as well as the what they ended up going with because that feels very much like that could have been like a the the window falls down, she flinches, and then we we go straight into the intro. That felt like that would have been very bang worthy.
1: Your turn. I, I did did uh, that one just for you. <laughs> hey, uh, and then we see Matthew yelling for his mom. This was one of the kids involved in the accident. Uh, Galant and Pratt are working on him with Halei and Pratt sees Neela in the trauma room and they make eye contact and so he runs into the trauma room to meet her and offer help and be a mentor and he does this line all through the whole episode Uh, Neela just looks super hyper focused like she's trying to absorb everything because of course she is. She's very reminiscent in some ways of early Chen to me Mm. just in like how hungry they have her for yeah um and as this is going on the mom is talking about what happened and pratt is clearly trying to make a good impression with Neela, talking very gently to her as he explains things step by step just real smooth my dude
0: uh, Frank says an executor was calling every day for Carter while he was gone. Connie says, hey, welcome back, Carter. And he replies, you too. Because, hey, they they brought Connie back from the Shadow Ugh, Realm.
2: Just don't get used to it, gang. Because I feel like in the space of, like, less than five episodes, we're going to be saying goodbye to Connie, Lily, Yosh, and maybe one more. Like, the great nurse, Cull, is coming over the next five or six episodes. Because it happens before Romano's gone. So like we over the next few episodes, we're going to be losing a big, big chunk of the longtime nurses. We'll still have a few after it's done. Like we'll have uh, Chuni and we'll have um, Halle, But like Lydia gets put on ice like she doesn't get fired, but she gets put on ice. Like and we won't be seeing her anymore until the, the end of the show. So it's uh, it's coming. And I was like, because it kind of feature Connie a little bit this episode. She's in a l- bunch of different scenes. And I was like, damn, this sucks. Like, they're bringing her back just to, like, cut her off at the knees a couple weeks later. Ugh.
0: Uh, He heads to, but Carter heads to the trauma room with Hannah, one of the little girls. And, of course, Abby's in this one, too. Uh, Jerry says they pulled another kid out, and Chen passes Hannah to Carter so he and Abby can catch up. And Hannah needs some traction for her legs.
1: Yeah, the traumas on this one were another really weird one. So, we did the best we could, but, um... Chen walks into the trauma with the mom that has Pratt and Neela, and she is not thrilled with how Pratt is treating Neela. She's she's a little icy this episode, as she deserves to be. But here I'll note, because there's only a few spots in the episode where we can. Whose films are those, guys? Whose might those be? Mm. Uh, but then Carter talks to Abby about the things left on his locker. He's like, we, we should really talk. Like, what what the hell? Why... <laughs> but I didn't think it was over <laughs> why are you mad
2: bro so Just ugh.
1: why are you bro um, and then poor Neela just gets left in the room with the mom holding her hips in place while they get what they need to actually put her in proper traction so she's just standing there just looking really awkwardly as everybody leaves the room and she's just got these sheets just holding on uh, and then Susan pops in and checks how everybody's doing
2: And then we see Pratt showing Susan uh, the films on mom. Chen uh, asks Pratt if he can bear to tear himself away from his med student for a moment. Chen's clearly uh, not happy about all the attention that uh, Pratt's paying to Neela. Mom is kind of coming around, says she doesn't know what happened, and asks if anybody has called the other children's parents. And then she asks Neela if it is uh, Hannah next door, her daughter. So... Hannah's not doing great, uh, and Carter is uh, still still in his feelings, still not really in the mood to listen, and doesn't listen to Abby's suggestion on what uh, might be going on here. And,
1: and guess what? She ends up being right.
0: Who, fuckface, who could, not you, Carter. Who
2: could have predicted?
0: Uh, Mama's asking what's happening next door, and pa- and then she passes out. Uh, Corday shows up to help and asks Neela about her accent. Because of course the two Brits have right. to. This feels have a
2: moment. This feels contractually obligated. Yeah.
0: The only thing it would have made it. The only thing would have made it better was that like if for some reason for some reason Corday just said after it's like oh, you're from, like what because what does uh, Neil say like oh yeah from the West End or something like that yeah something like that yeah yeah she's like oh I hate you, <laughs> just Corday yeah I don't know no that it, it is like a funny, and I'm
2: kind of I'm trying to remember now like. Is there much of a relationship cultivated between no. these two? There really, not isn't, really. is not And it feels like a missed opportunity. No. Like that feels like she there could have been like a hey, I came here from, you know, England too and like, you know, I I was the fish out of water once. Like there it feels like there was like some possibilities there that just don't really go explored and I I, I wish yeah, they would have. Cuz she-
1: I don't I don't think Neela really ends up in surgery until much later, when it's more Debanko's purview.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say she's gotta save herself from the surgical uh, from the surgical people until Debanko shows yeah, up. Yeah, and that, but you know,
2: not like there's never any excuse for Lizzie to be down in the ER and to to lend kind of a a sympathetic ear. But you know, again, there's just when it comes to Lizzie, like they are just radioactive when it comes to adding
0: her into any storylines. Uh, but then Chen still jealous snaps it uh Neela to go pick up the labs.
1: Yep, yeah, and this is this is going to be fun. Uh we see Hannah's still not doing great. Her potassium is very high and her kidneys are struggling. We see Neela running to go get the labs in person and the specimen is pending. But Neela just barges into the lab itself to beg Dr. Shine for immediate help. This is the first and maybe only time we ever see this man, I think. And they look at it together and he goes, "This is a very unusual smear." Very ominous. And Neela runs back and goes, Oh my God, don't do it. Don't give her blood. Be, 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 be. Um, Because if she has type-specific blood, it will mess her up bad because she has a very specific and rare form of anemia. Fuck.
2: Fuck. Cool.
1: Explains why she passed out. Um, then we get some, a little bit of comic relief. We see Frank and Jerry juggling tons of calls and admit because when the construction was going on, the uh, phone lines got redirected and rerouted, so they're getting calls for stuff that has nothing to do with the ER at all.
2: Okay, so I will do you one better uh, on, on Dr. Shine. Uh, this one, because this one is one that I, I should have caught, but I didn't, and I'm going to put it in the notes for myself so that when we Please. go to do the Season 10 wrap-up in, in three or four months, uh, I will remember this. Uh, but this is not the first appearance of Dr. Shine. No, no. It is his last appearance uh, of three. Uh, The first time he appeared would have been Season 6, Episode 18, Match Made in Heaven. He also made an appearance in Season 9, Episode 20, and now this uh, Season 10, Episode 1. I don't remember if we've ever (laughs) highlighted him before, but just in case we haven't, he is played by actor Randy Lowell, who has appeared in stuff like Contagion, uh, Real Genius, and National Lampoon's Vacation, and we will never be seeing him again.
1: Well, fuck me, I guess. Um, Good catch. And then uh, Pratt tells Neela to grab a chart and do an H&P for practice. So he's going to mentor her along through this process and kind of be her guiding hand today.
0: But of course, Pratt's got to have... Always with that smooth voice. Oh yeah, the smoky Pratt voice. Yes. Uh, Well, let's go to our next audio clip here. Uh, Someone better for her to learn from <laughs> i was gonna say someone better eh, i don't know if galant's better than pratt but i don't know anyway uh but galant uh, is gonna greet Neela and offer her some support on her first day messed you
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah i saw you a bit earlier first day yeah you india
3: yeah punjabi perfect This must be, uh, quite an adjustment for you.
1: Uh, no, not really. My family moved to London when I was 11. Yale for molecular biology and biophysics, and Chicago for medical school.
3: Okay, then. Let's get you started. Uh... Oh! Penal discharge. Probably not your ideal first patient. AV-infected graft. Sounds about right. Come on. What the hell is going on down here? glad to see you, Dr. Romano. Yeah, I doubt it.
2: Who's that? One of those University of
0: Calcutta carpetbaggers you people insist on hiring. I think she said she went to Yale. Yeah, daddy's probably a drug lord. Built a new wing on the Yale library with his poppy profits.
2: How's the arm? Gone. How's the prostate? About the size of your head. I'm up four times a night to pee. What's with the beater? I hear the ladies like it. Whose bright idea was all this, anyway? Weaver!
1: Weaver. Okay, Romano, you're back. Yeah,
2: try to hide your wild enthusiasm at my return. I find overt displays of emotion embarrassing. Hey, page Weaver for me. Uh,
1: I just want to say, this was the Frank I was picturing when we interviewed Troy Evans. When I was like, alright, this problematic motherfucker, <laughs> it's it's this shit. It's, it's this. But, like, oh, uh, oh, uh, Troy Evans. The delivery just, how's your prostate? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good It's so
2: fantastic Oh my god uh, Everybody is so good here Like fucking uh, Romano Like I'm I'm. It's gonna I'm gonna say it for the next eight weeks Like I'm just I'm not ready to say goodbye Like I am not ready to be done with Romano Especially since it seems like he's peeking on his way out the door Like we're getting some of the The best Paul McCrane Right before he's about to leave us And I just Oh my gosh Like and I also uh, did not recall them uh, immediately doing the
0: uh, Gallant and Neela stuff. Like, immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, they waste
2: no time.
0: That's what I was going to ask. Can we do, uh, if we could do some spoiler talk for yes. for two minutes while.
1: Hey, Lizzie, did you know this is a retrospective? I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so kind of major spoilers for a couple for these two for these two future lovebirds whoops excuse me uh but yeah but do you think they always had this in mind
2: uh clearly yeah because I, I, I don't know so. how
0: much of we get we how much of it we get because I know Golant's not long not super long for this world
2: he's not lo- like well he's not long for being a regular like he will he will yeah. he will be he will drop out of the regular cast later this season uh i want to say by mid-season he has dropped out um i'm doing a quick scan
0: of the uh
2: oh it's closer to the end of the season it's it's like two-thirds of the way I'll through will say it's
0: not season 12 when he finally yeah it's it's, it's it.
2: two-thirds of the way through this season that he drops out of being a regular cast member but he will then still make kind of sporadic appearances as a like a guest star. Uh, over the next season and a half, two seasons, um, before they do finally kind of just, you know, shuffle him off to, you know, be a martyr. Uh, And it seems to me, like, the way they, like I said, the way they waste no time with this, it feels to me like this was always the plan, that they wanted to pair these two together. Um, And so, A, I don't think there's ever been a pairing on the show more heavily telegraphed than... Doug and Carol other than the uh, and the major difference with this is that with Doug and Carol the first time we see them there's already established history they've already been a thing and are just you know apart at the time we first meet them Uh, so other than that I think this might be the most easily telegraphed pairing they've ever done on the show where they just immediately put two people together and are like yeah this is going to be a thing and also too the the more I saw it and the more there's immediate sparks there the more I was like damn I'm sad that they don't see this through, which again I know there's circumstances beyond everyone's control with that, but like I just I'm, I mourn the loss of this pairing because I feel like it could be an all-time great one.
0: Yeah, but I just, I just remember the way they go they go about it though being rather sloppy.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I hindsight's twenty twenty. I again I don't remember anything about this show. I don't know. Um, but I'm gonna be curious to watch because from here it just seems like, oh, of course Gallant would want to help her because Pratt's a creep. Like to me that's how I read it, more is just like, oh, you know, like he just graduated, he kinda knows what it's like to be the new kid But we will we will see. I I don't know, I didn't necessarily like I remembered and I was like, Oh yeah, they have great chemistry, but I don't know if I would have watched and gone. Yep, this is this is intended. Yeah, to be. I
2: don't know. I don't know about like it wasn't. It's not the same type of thing like we saw when Abby and Luca first interact on screen, where that was an immediate like, like that was a, a fireworks, that was a light bulb thing, where it was like, even if they didn't intend for this to happen, we have a problem on our hands here because like these two just like they <laughs> they just radiate chemistry. Um, it's not quite that level, but there is sort of this mm. like just inherent niceness about these two as a pairing like you just it's not a sexy thing it's not a romance thing but it is just it's whole it is incredibly wholesome and it is just like like it just seems so natural like there is so much natural Mm -hmm. easy chemistry between the two of them so quickly that it's hard to think that that wasn't apparent to them in the rehearsal process or in the writing part like there's clearly something there and like I said like like Lizzie said the 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 reality of it leaves a lot to be desired because there are so many like false starts and there are so many like uh, changes that have to be made hastily because Sharif Atkins makes questionable career decisions. Uh, And, you know, like they have to they have to pivot. And it's just a bummer because I feel like there was a lot of potential here. And I also feel like it doesn't, in Neela's character history, I don't feel like it sometimes get the, gets the significance that it ultimately deserves. They mm-hmm. kind of try to brush this whole chapter of her life under the rug as we get deeper and deeper into the timeline. Like, she she mentions him less and less, which obviously you would if you were in her situation, but like it's just not as important as a part of her life as you would hope it would be. And it's just a bummer.
1: Very good point. I'm excited to see how that ends up fleshing out though for sure yeah.
2: uh but we uh see carter working on getting hannah's potassium level down pratt asked carter about abby freezing him out this is the this is arguably just as bad as the season <gasps> nine premiere stuff between carter and uh, uh, galant where uh, carter and pratt where they're they're playing soccer in the hallway uh but he's like pratt asks him he's like oh like she's mad at you too like chen's mad at me too like doesn't he say something about like Moons being aligned, Ice or cycles or being yeah. aligned, or something. You know, women. You know, yeah. Like, and he's like, "Yeah, what did you do?
0: bitches be crazy?" Don't tell you know Basically,
2: the, the basically the summation there. Uh, and Carter's completely tone deaf response is just like, "I don't know. I left. I guess." Like, dude's like learned nothing apparently. Ugh.
1: I'm. I was. I was livid when he said that. I. <laughs> I was so mad. Like, did you not hear anything, anything she told you when you broke into her apartment? Did you not process anything about that fight before you guys left? just Or before you left? Like, just, oh, my God, you man-child. Fuck. Sorry, go The on.
0: whole
2: man. The Toss whole out man. the whole man. That's what this episode should so have been you? called, the whole man. Uh, Yeah, so <laughs> Pratt, uh, Pratt has an HIV patient that I guess he is treated before uh who has come not na- come back now ha- having gotten worse and he doesn't have Medicaid so he can't afford his medication Carter comes in to consult uh he's not on the triple cocktail because it would cost him twelve hundred dollars out of pocket uh they don't specify when that like per month every two weeks whatever but like it's a substantial amount of money no matter how you slice it and uh I'm so uh glad that the healthcare system has gotten so much better in the last 20 years. Oh, wait, it didn't. Uh the man's uh thrush has spread to his esophagus, uh which uh the good news is makes him eligible for support. Uh bad news is uh that he's now eligible for that support because it's a sign that his HIV has progressed to full-blown AIDS. Whew. Feels like it's been a while since we've had a, a yeah. good like AIDS patient storyline like we haven't really remember how we almost used to complain about that in the old days like of like oh man they're going back to the HIV well like they, they, it's been it's been more than an episode and a half they're going back to another HIV patient but it actually feels like it's been whereas, a long time since we've had one
1: yeah whereas now it's like oh hey good they're addressing that this is still going on
2: right and and that the challenges have changed like it's not that there's no treatment at all there's treatment it's just no one can afford it Like that's like it's a it's an escalation and an evolution of the problem. And they're they're still addressing that, which is good,
1: which was something like we didn't even hear like genie and stuff talk about. I don't think when.
2: No, well, because maybe that stuff was so new, they were just kind of handing it out, you know, but then once capitalism got a hold of it, then that was it. Uh, but uh, Carter is a little cold with him, doesn't offer him much in the way of emotional support. Uh, Not great. We'll hear more from this guy a little bit later. Mr. Williams, who is played by actor Joe Grafasi, who appeared in stuff like Batman Forever, Natural Born Killers, and The Deer Hunter, has a whopping 133 credits to his name, but will be edged out by someone a little bit later in the episode for the High Watermark Actor of the Week.
0: Uh, And then we see Susan talking to Abby about Carter showing up and... They're like, oh, the women's room is under construction. Go to the second floor. Fuck that. So they just run into the men's room to pee, and Abby's guarding the door. Um, Malik and Frank are in there peeing as she barges in. They're both, like, the look on their faces, just like, oh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Like, <laughs> like, how, like, not like a how dare there be women in this space, but just like, Startled. oh, I don't want them to see my penis, uh. ugh. <laughs> <Like, laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, of course, Malik barely washes his hands. Like, five seconds max. he was
1: so funny, she goes, put it in the notes.
0: Yeah, just, I'm sorry, that just annoys me. Cur- Again, atten- the details here, folks. The
1: cursory rinse.
0: Yes. The rinse and shake, <laughs> not even, like, getting, like, the full. Stop. <laughs> Uh, Susan tells Abby that she needs to give Carter a chance to make it up to her. No, no. yeah,
2: no, uh, Susan,
1: no. Come on, you're supposed to be older and wiser. Shut up.
0: She has a she has a bit of a. Blind eh, she's spot. getting some. So she, she has a That's bit of
2: a fair. blind spot. She's happy. She's in you know marital bliss, uh, and also oh. too, she's got a bit of a blind spot for Carter. Uh, divorced she's bliss. In a divorced bliss. Yes, thank uh, you. But uh, back to the bathroom thing for uh, ever so quickly. Just anecdotal evidence from somebody who works in a in a. A workplace in an office that has multi-person restrooms that are designated as all gender uh Uh the uh women like and the way those bathroom arguments always get framed is that it's a risk to women's safety uh doing it that way however just anecdotally women using the air quotes men's restroom is far more commonplace than men mm-hmm. ev- than men ever being brave enough to go into the women's, re- the air quotes, women's restroom. Uh, and the any woman that does dare to go into the men's restroom, it is immediately met with the same sort of energy as a gigantic dog being met with a tiny mouse. Like, they all react the same way of just, the same way Frank and Malik do here, where they're like, oh, God, oh, God. Like, they all freak out hurriedly finishing finish whatever they're doing and then basically flee from the room as though it were on fire. So like it's just always funny to me that those arguments get framed as though oh this is dangerous for women to have all gender restrooms. Really? Really?
0: Is it or is it dangerous to your ego, you tiny dicked weirdo? Like just <laughs> fuck off. It's like the whole tra- it's like the whole trans people like I'm just there to pee, right. man. Everybody's just there to pee. D- do like, do what you would do under
2: any other circumstances. Don't make eye contact. Wash your hands and leave.
1: Exactly. Lizzie, what was the sticker you were talking about? Like a trans person peed here and nothing happened.
0: Yep. I want to get like a hundred of those and just bring them around.
1: Put hmm. them in like the in like the rural parts of Michigan and stuff. North Carolina when we yeah. visit. Uh oh, but then we see Neela and Gallant working on the woman with the infected graft. And the woman starts complimenting Neela's skin,
0: which I don't know if this is supposed to be like sweet
1: or weird.
0: It's a little weird, or else it gets the hose again.
2: It's a a little weird. Uh, And the patient here, Mrs. Ferguson, she's played by actress Ellen Greer, who appears in stuff like Speaking of Weird, Harold and Maude. That's one of those movies that is like it's a cult classic. People really love it, or or did love it. It Was one of those like film snob kind of favorite Mm -hmm. movies going back. I have never once watched that movie and not come away feeling incredibly icky and weird. Like I do not. I've never seen it. I do not like that movie. It, it gives me the ick in the worst way. Uh, the postman and phenomenon, and she is the high watermark actress for this episode, 135 credits to her name, just barely edging out, uh, Mr. Williams from earlier on.
1: Nice. Uh, we get some Carrie and Romano screaming at each other about the renovations in the background. Phones are still busted. The attorney comes by to is is coming by to visit Carter about the foundation cuz Frank told him he was here and Susan makes some awkward eye contact at Abby to talk to Carter while they're at Admit and he asks Abby for coffee and I thought here she immediately said no but then we see them out later so maybe I misheard but um she just kind of isn't thrilled about talking to him right now and then uh, we learn Mr. Williams can't get his Diflucan until his Medicaid card arrives in a few weeks. It would cost him $300 out of pocket to get it right now.
2: Best system in the world. America Can't, be, can't possibly be improved upon.
0: Not at all. A woman with the infected graph is talking to Neela. Her husband passed away from liver cancer after 52 years of marriage? Or is just at 52 years uh, old?
2: 52 years of
0: marriage. Okay. Uh, Neil is drawn some blood as they talk, and it's weird that they're showing the blood draw so close. Maybe to show the, like... I mean, obviously, we, I know what happens yeah. to this patient, but, like, and maybe it's because... The, maybe it's uh, because, like, it's something that seems like all the other med students that have come through have always struggled with.
2: Maybe, uh, maybe, the, maybe that's it like, a little bit, but it is definitely just if, foreshadowing.
1: Yeah, I was like, if it was in the other arm, I'd get it, but...
0: I don't think you would try to draw blood from an infected... But
1: I'm just saying, like, yeah. then that blood flow would just, make a little more sense to be
0: ominous. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, just... No, it's disgusting. Had a, Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know. Uh,
2: But uh, we then see the construction <laughs> workers leaving for the day. Uh, It's 2.30 in the afternoon, and they're like, we stop at 2.30. We're done. And Carrie's not thrilled, because they their big defense is like, well, we start at 7, and then she... Again... I lo- started at 6.30. I'm very good. I'm very much here for Laura in yelling in any context. So her yelling, I started at 6.30 as they're leaving is like just, mm. it's so good. I love her so much. Um, We see uh, Neela dropping off the labs and Pratt grabs her for another patient as Chen watches. Uh, the phone at the desk is ringing and she goes to answer it because everyone else is busy. It's a long distance call for Carter and when they tell her, oh, he's busy, just take a message, uh, the person on the other end says, someone has died, someone named Kovach, Dr. Luca Kovach. And then they do a fade out from Jerry's sad face into the commercial break. Dun, dun, dun. Making, which I used the, for the, the listener response thread for this episode, I used the actual like TV guide promo image. Mm-hmm. Uh, they very much in the promo thing are like, Luca is dead get used to it like basically kind of thing like there there's no ambiguity in the the promo image or, that they use like the promo image is half of Luca's face and half of Carter's face and a quote above their heads that says he's dead so it's there's not a whole lot of ambiguity to this so as a which i mean that's what you want with your season premiere you want something to pull people in um especially since last season didn't end on that much of a cliffhanger like i guess you could argue the africa stuff counts as a little bit of a cliffhanger but certainly not not the same kind of
0: thing we did ended with the end of season eight with Mm -hmm. well i mean neil i mean not neil lauren was wondering if abby would get a baseball bat and start beating up carter for being in her apartment That's enough
2: to bring you back in
0: Fortunately, she didn't get her wish uh, but let's go to our last audio clip of the episode Abby and Carter are doing a little walk and talk With some coffee
3: So how was it?
0: It was incredible And it was terrible
3: It was um it was kids with polio It was kids dying from malnutrition And malaria And whooping cough And it was beautiful The country is beautiful hospital doesn't have enough staff. So the patients' uh, family members, they stay with them. They cook for them. They clean for them. They clean the uh, change the sheets. It was a life-changing experience. I just don't know how yet. Where's Luca? Is that what this is about? No. Luke is fine. Luke is more than fine. What does that mean? Nothing. Nothing. You know we don't talk. Not talking now? Your mouth is moving. I mean, you give the impression we're having a real conversation. But when you finish, I have no idea what, what you're, you're thinking tell you about Africa. I don't know. You knew I didn't want you to go, and you went anyway. What, were you trying to, to hurt me? I <sighs> Why would I want to hurt I, you? I don't know. I don't know. Why would you want to hurt me? It wasn't about you. Oh, come on. You weren't even going to tell me you were going. If I had bumped into you when you were leaving, I wouldn't have even known. I wasn't trying to hurt you. I wanted to feel like I was really doing something. Did you even think about me? Yes. OK. What did you think? What did you think? I don't know why you bothered to come back. Oh, you're just gonna walk away? Yeah. Okay, walk away, I Abby, mean, that's what you do best. Okay. No, know what you do best, you make this all about my problems, but you know what, you have some problems too. You've got some really big problems. that hey, why did I come back? I mean, Luca's over there changing the world, and I can't even get a hospital pharmacy in the richest nation on earth to give an AIDS patient enough damn dye to keep him from dying from a sore throat
0: the news is spreading at the end of this that's why he kind of like I I do like I do
2: like though that he's doing the old man yells at cloud bit and like sees that's clearly some kind of upsetting information is being relayed but he is like well I have to finish this it's awkward if I don't so he takes the pause but he still finishes yelling and like to finish this
0: he still finishes yelling
1: America (laughs) (laughs) but guys I'm gonna say it again that's my anthem for all last season communication
2: this is just, not that hard. This is just the most, like, fucking high school. Fucking I just, I don't <gasps> I don't care anymore. Like I don't know that I ever did, but I really don't care now. Like it's just they make
1: what, they make me so glad I didn't date until Lizzie. Oh my god!
2: What are you trying to preserve here? This sucks. Like <laughs> this is so like, oh my god!
1: You're either you're either singing afternoon delight and better. You're screaming at each other. There's no in between. Good God. Yeah. Like, it's just like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to ask a serious question. I know we bemoan Garby a lot, but like percentage wise, them yelling at each other to them actually having content, happy couple moments. It's about an 80 to 20. I was right?
2: 20, 80, 20 was my, my yeah. rough estimation. Yeah. And I feel like that's generous. So like,
1: which, again, is why I want them to go back to being friends, because they have such a good friendship chemistry, but I'm so sick of this shit.
2: Right. It's not, it's not even
1: that it's those characters, it's this energy. Yeah, it's I want to be clear on that, because I know we've shit on this a lot. It's not the characters, it's this fucking energy. I have no time for this high school shit in my media. Right. It needs to go.
2: Yeah. It's not compelling, it's not interesting, and it kind of... I think what they're going for here is I feel like they're going for a little bit of the the, the mood of like Carter and Lucy are stabbed in the other room and everyone else is just going about their lives and has no idea. I feel like they're going for Mm -hmm. that a little bit here where like they're having this petty argument. Meanwhile, everybody inside knows that Luke is dead. And instead of instead of feeling that way and instead of feeling like, oh, my God, there's this this huge bomb- bombshell, like, waiting on the other side of the door for them. I'm left sitting here going, "This, like, shut the fuck up, you children! Like, just shut up! Like, you're just... You're both so insufferable when it comes to this stuff. Like, you're both just so Like, irritating. together. Yes.
1: When, when they're separate, it's not as bad, but, like, when they're together about this, it's awful.
2: Right. It's so irritating. And it just feels like we're wasting our time at this point. Like, we're just... We 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 said all have we we have said all we needed to say about this pairing. Like, let's just move on.
1: Sorry, giant yawn. Um, that's what happens when I talk about Carter and Abby for too long. I have a yawn that almost causes me to black out. Uh, but then we go. Carter is on the phone talking about Luca, trying to get more information. We pan over to a shot of everyone at Admit discussing it. And Neela walks over to Galan to ask about him because, like, she doesn't know who he is, but. Uh all of a sudden her shunt patient is gone, her graft patient, and Connie has no idea where she went. Uh it we'll find out that in a minute it's not going to be great, but in the meantime, she presents her other patient to Pratt. Chen shows up right away as they get to the patient and she starts to quiz Neela in front of Pratt and the patient. She suspects colon cancer and she's trying to, you know, like make an example out of Neela because she's jealous. Which I don't love this is the reaction from Chen. Like it's Pratt's fault, don't take it out on the med student,
2: yeah, I don't love i, I don't love Chen's characterization this episode. I think it's a little i i, I feel like it's beneath her.
1: It's very of its time though, but yeah, absolutely like no, in another universe, I see her and Chen, and maybe maybe later on, I see her and Neela being good and but just like right here, not loving how she handles this, not loving that Pratt's doing it. But not loving that she takes it out on Neela. And Pratt then approaches her about it, about being so icy. And she's like, you, you need to not make a fool out of me. Like, this is ridiculous. You need to not be doing this. Come on, my dude.
0: Uh, and, oh no! The graft woman is bleeding out Ugh. in one of the other rooms. And holy shit, when we say bleeding out, we mean like, That's her blood's on the floor. Chen
2: has to like waste a gown to try to like have somewhere to stand to even work on the woman.
0: Yeah, like that's uh, that's just her basically her entire volume of blood on the floor. Uh, Malik moved her and updated the board, but Neela didn't check the board, so Neela assumed that she had been uh, taken up for what was it? Uh, She had to go up to surgery, right? Yeah, she had to go
1: up to surgery to get the thing cleared out and redone.
0: Yeah. So, and Gallant tries to defend her.
1: And I will say, the whole thing, this is a big issue, is because Neela was supposed to check on her every, like, 15 minutes because of where the graph was located. Right. And like Lizzie said, she hadn't checked recently because she thought she got taken up. So, that's why everybody says Neela fucked up. But this is where Gallant steps up. To be gallant.
0: Hey! Oh, the name
2: comes back. I was gonna say, thanks for reminding me how much I hate that naming convention. uh <laughs> There you go. You're welcome.
0: Gallant hero and the tragic Aye. victor. <laughs> 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 it
2: should, it should, like, if we're if we're continuing to follow that naming convention, like we we should have gone with like Neela Ernest as a fucking fucking character <laughs> name, like.
0: Then we could have had an episode called The Importance of hey, Being Earnest. What the hell? Jim, what are we doing here, right Jim Varney
2: guest star when? Oh, just kidding. He's dead. Uh, we go to the lounge oh. uh, where Carter sad. is in the lounge uh, on the phone trying to find out uh, if he can get a hold of or, or get word to Kovac's dad. Uh, he then dumps out someone's random hockey bag that is just sitting in the lounge. Like, I'm not sure who this is. Let's, let's, let's brainstorm here. Canonically speaking, because <laughs> Malucci's gone, and we know for a fact that Malucci played hockey. Mark's dead; it's not Marks. So, like, whose hockey bag is just randomly sitting in the middle of the lounge here? Probably not Carrie's. I'm gonna say I Malik. can't imagine. I was gonna say Malik. Can't imagine Carrie's doing much ice skating these days. Like, we know we know Susan can't really skate. She's there. That's a that's a like established character uh, character uh, continuity there. So, like, you know, uh, maybe Gallant, maybe, maybe Pratt, although Pratt came in off the train, didn't
0: have a big bag with him. So, you know, I'm just saying. That's why I'm saying, uh, wow. Malik. Malik. Well, I don't know why. It's just based on his name. Because, God damn it, black people can play hockey too, contrary to popular <laughs> belief in some parts of the sure, world. Sure, sure.
2: Yeah, uh, so I don't know. I'm just uh, just curious. Whose hockey bag is that? That's the, that's the new side series. Whose hockey bag is that? Um, but, uh, he dumps that bag out all over the floor so that, uh, he can use it to, uh, steal a bunch of supplies from the cabinet. He goes, he goes and takes like a comical amount of supplies out of the closet. The first, I I also love that the first thing he grabs is a microscope. It's a very, like,
1: I I also want to say this, like he takes all that and I'm like, who's going to let you fly with
2: that? Right. That was my other thing too. I was like, you, my, my dude. I hope you're checking that cuz you are not getting through security with this big ass bag full of vials of drugs and a microscope that I'm still not quite clear on what it is you plan on doing with. I just there was a lot
0: here. Um But
1: He's going to take it to the hospital for them to have more tools. That's that's the
0: yeah, idea. Yeah, so maybe you can draw a little blood. That is the idea. And take a But peek. he kind of he
2: kind of you can tell this is clearly this news has clearly affected Carter. He's feeling a lot of guilt for leaving leaving Luca behind and, you know, so this, he's, he's kind of almost in a trance. Like he's ready to like get this, the rest of this shit and get out of here and get on a plane as quickly as he can. Uh, So again, big, big fan of where this is all leading towards, even though I'm not a huge fan of Carter in this episode, still a big, big fan of where the arc is headed. Uh, We then see Pratt going to see how Nila is doing because the patient, the shunt patient uh, of course ended up dying. Uh, And it's a good little it's a nice Babby's first dramatic scene here, really like this is her first kind of like serious dramatic moment on the show that isn't a trauma or something more fast paced. This is where she really has to get introspective and and really has to like flex a little bit, those dramatic muscles. And she asks uh, Pratt what a TWA is. And he says third world assassin, which I'm all for frank being a piece of shit like i'm all i'm all for that characterization i'm all for like let's all point and laugh at the bigot i don't understand this thing at all this feels like a made-up insult this feels like a made-up thing this feels like a thing they want to be a thing but isn't really a thing i've never heard of this before as like a phenomenon or like as a
0: this is literally worth the first time first and only time i've ever heard right
2: like it just it felt it. very made up and very contrived and i was just like uh, this doesn't fit in the rest of the episode, in my opinion. And she takes it so earnestly, too. Again, like, she takes, you know... Again, huge fan of Neela. Very glad she's here. Um, I think I think even in this first episode, she shows a lot of potential. But I will say, I don't think she's nearly as much of a finished product as some of the other new people we have seen come in the door and immediately shine. Like, we've had other... Pe- we've had other... Uh, other newcomers to the cast come in and immediately show like, okay, they belong right away. Neela, I think holds her own well enough, but she doesn't do, she doesn't, I don't come away from this episode going, God damn Neela. Like she's going to be like a powerhouse for the next, you know, six seasons. She's, she's fine. She, I think at at this point, I think I would have placed like a, a two or three season cap on her. I would have been like two or three seasons. This character will run its course And they'll move on to something else. I definitely wouldn't have pegged her to be basically the Carter of the second Mm -hmm. half of the show. Like she is very much as we get closer and closer to Carter leaving us. She is going to start to take over that mantle of the audience surrogate character where we're going to start to see things more and more through Neela's eyes than we do through Carter's. So, um, you know, lots of great stuff to come with her, but it's uh, it's always cool to see these kind of primordial versions of these characters and and how they kind of fit find their fit and find where they fit in in the show's ecosystem um
1: yeah, she definitely gives me big Lucy vibes this early yeah, on. Yeah. So, like big, I keep coming back to Big that. Lucy,
2: big Lucy vibes, but I but yet I do feel like by the end and, and granted, it's not an app it is an apples to oranges comparison because Lucy's first episode was Lucy's episode. Yeah. Like that episode was That's was, very true. They built the whole framework of that episode around that character. Um but I will say that by the end of that first episode I had higher hopes and bigger expectations for Lucy than I do for Neela coming out of Neela's first episode. But again, Apple Store, just comparison. You can't really can't really compare the two. Um, but we then see Pratt uh, taking her to go see the mom from earlier as we start to close out the episode.
0: And our last scene is Abby screaming and begging at Carter oh. to stay. She's like, I can't keep doing this, to which Lauren and I responded, then, then don't. don't. Like at the exact same time, set it to
1: the TV. Like just, we, then don't. Yeah,
0: we both set it to the TV. Like we're both just like. If ninety uh...
1: percent of your, as we said this again. If ninety percent of your relationship is yelling, I can't keep doing this. We need to fix each other. You keep trying to fix me. Like, what are we even doing? If you have to ask all those questions repeatedly, maybe, maybe just right again. I ask. Be
2: alone. I ask. What are maybe just be alone. What are we preserving here? Like that's my question. What is it that we're trying to save? Like, uh,
1: the Western ideal that you have to be with somebody or your life is incomplete. Yeah.
2: Like, I mean, I always like the, the thing I always say, like the, there, there's those weird doomsday prepper people who are constantly arming themselves to the teeth and like buying fucking, you know, military ration food and stuff. I'm like, if I get to a point where the world is in such a state that I feel like I have to be armed to the teeth at all times and eat fucking like bean paste out of a can what am I preserving at that point? Just let it go. Like, the world yeah. is fucked at that point. If I've reached this point where That's... I need an artillery on me at all times, I don't really, like, you can have it. Like, I'm not well, interested in preserving that.
1: I'm I'm dead by that point anyway, because it's not like the pharmaceutical yeah. chain's going to be up and running. I'm out. Yeah. I'm one of the first people yeah. called.
0: It's just so silly. Just make sure I'm by the big blast. Like, Sure, and then we'll just you're, call you're it good.
2: Just, you're working so hard to preserve something that sucks. Like, just let it go. <laughs> just let it go. Uh,
0: ah, but this episode didn't no, suck. No,
2: not at all. It's, uh, I think, other than the whole, you know, Luca, which, let's be honest, is a little bit of a dirty trick, I think. It's kind of a, it's a It's a bit of a ratings ploy, I think. Um, I don't hate it because, I, you know, I know it leads to an excellent episode and an excellent couple of moments, you know, but like as season premieres go, this one's relatively tame. It's solid. Mm -hmm. It's extremely solid, but it's not going to knock your socks off. Like, it's not going to be like, "Whoa,
0: I can't wait to see what happens this season. It's, you know, it's just kind of like,
2: Oh, all
1: right. Yeah. It's, it's setting
2: the board. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You, we got you, we got you one of our three new characters that we get this season. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. Three. Three, which three new main well, cast? Yeah, because I think technically Archie doesn't become main cast until next season. Um, but he's still. Shows but I'm just saying we yeah, get Archie, Archie will be though. with us, which also means we're gonna get our we're gonna get our three and a half. Because remember, Archie is originally two people, and then they will call that down very quickly, uh, Mister Glenn Howerton.
0: Archie's originally. Yeah, two there's people. two what?
2: characters who are essentially the same guy. It's Archie and Glenn Howerton and Glenn Howerton's not going to not going to last for very Ew, yeah. long and they they finally just go like you know what Scott Scott Grimes can do both of these characters we don't need two people and they kind of boot uh, Glenn Howerton to the curb which you know turned out fine for him he's very
0: happy yeah i was gonna say they boot him all the way back to the to patty's right they boot him all the way back
2: to philadelphia he lands on his feet do not worry uh but that is a, a dynamic that i'm very interested to revisit this time around because i remember that being such a weird bob of like there's this other guy who just hangs out and does kind of fulfills kind of the same role as archie and then they realize oh we don't need two of this character
0: but yeah seven and a half very happy Neil is here, very happy to see it. her character progress and grow very happy. I'm happy that we're getting some new Yeah, toys. It feels like that's
1: it feels like we're back on track,
0: right, yeah again, yeah. I go back to the comparison I made at the
2: end of I can't remember if it, I started making it at the end of uh Gani or if I waited for the wrap up but like again i'm I'm continuing on my uh my tip that like last season was kind of like season four. Kind of uneven, kind of clunky at parts, but like didn't not without its highlights, but just kind of uneven overall. And that first episode of season five, when Lucy gets introduced, feels like this breath breath of fresh air and this shot of energy and adrenaline into the arm that the show desperately needed. That's kind of what this feels like. Now, is it going to reach the same heights in season 10 that we reached in season five? Probably not, but you know, it's hard to replicate that kind of success. We're not going to have a George Clooney departure halfway through this season. Like we're going to mm-hmm. have it, it's, you know, you, it's really hard to catch lightning in a bottle twice, but there's definitely that same sort of energy here of like, we've got a new character. We've got new interesting things coming down the pipeline. There's a lot to like latch
0: on to by the end of this episode. But what did listeners have to say about it, the listener, what did the listeners have to say about it? Lauren, oh, I'll
1: do my best Daniel. I might tap in. Uh, Alina M says, to confirm to us that Carby is dead and buried, we start the episode with Mark's funeral music. Carter must have sat on Abby's bed for quite a long time because the sheets are changed by the time Abby (laughs) wakes up. Good catch. Carter is a real soldier because after Abby coldly asks him to return her key, he goes to work without any sign of jet lag despite having just traveled 24 plus hours. There, he finds Carrie is shrieking like a banshee and the ER under construction. Though it looks like absolute chaos. Abby made sure to come to work before him so she could dump all his belongings that Eric didn't need in a grocery bag at his locker for everyone to see. Based on the rest of the episode, I don't think Abby really dumped Carter. It looked more like a power play of hers because of his insubordination. To which Abby thinks he needs to pay a large price for, based on her remark to Susan that her car needs a new transmission. Just how old is she again? Why couldn't she just say, this isn't working, let's break up? And I don't understand why she feels entitled to have a say in Carter's plans to do missionary work in Africa. They have no children, they aren't married, they don't even live together. I have a lot of understanding for her behavior when it comes to her family, but in this episode, her behavior is despicable. I guess it served the story by breaking her down so they could build her up. I really don't like what they did to Chen. She used to be witty. Now she's a bitch. The same fate goes for Elizabeth. Are there any likable female characters? I guess Susan, but you're, if you're boffing in a bathroom at your workplace and everyone seems to know it, that's just fucked up. At least Neela is a fresh wind of air. Not looking forward to exploring her crazy love life, though. Okay, those were all really excellent points. Thank you. Those those are all good. I dig it. And I, I do agree. We don't really have a ton of... Uh, strong female characters going on right now that we can love up on. Everybody's kind of in a dark place at the moment. But uh, at Simply Swooning says, I realized watching this episode that Carter and Abby have been having the same conversation over and over again since season seven. It's literally this doesn't work and can't work for every reason mentioned 9,000 times before. It's the definition of a feedback loop. Thank God it's functionally over. And also Neela when I watched this epi- when I first watched this episode, I thought she was going to be Harkins 2.0, not in terms of character, but in terms of a med student that's I, I, that's there to cause distraction till mid-season and then disappear. I'm so happy I was wrong. The episode as a whole is on the lower end of premieres for me, especially when I look at it as a two-parter with the next ep. It feels like a setup, and none of the secondary plots are all that memorable. More construction at County, a multi-person MVA, Susan and Chuck hooking up. It's all good, but just good. But I find myself just waiting for it to be over and get to the next step.
2: That is a good point. I do feel like like maybe they were a little bit gun-shy about doing two Africa-centric episodes Mm back-to-back. And so they did probably insert this one as kind of a palate cleanser before they go back to that. That is a good point.
1: That could very well be. Jen uh, T, coming in right under the wire, says, uh, Abby blowing smoke in Carter's face and asking for her key back is one of my favorite things. Dude comes in and watches her like a creeper after the way they left things. Nope. And I loved her hanging the bag on his locker with the note, You forgot your stuff. As Aaron so beautifully said, we're done trying to make fetch happen. Even if there are a few backslides, her moment with Susan, questioning if she did the right thing, etc., and the coffee break they have... The long national nightmare of Carby is essentially over within the next two episodes, never to be revisited with lying glances or any sort of reminder that they were ever, ever a couple. Stick a fork in it. I do really love that after Luca's How's Abby to Carter and Kissing Ghani is paralleled by Where's Luca from Abby in this episode. Unlike Carby, we've got Luca and Abby looking out for each other and caring for each other. Plus, we get one last look at Carter's jealousy over Luca. Yippee. Uh, Neela, so happy to see the start of the last real round of main cast starting to roll in. We'll soon have Morris, Sam, and eventually Ray and Gates. Brenner and Banfield come in way too late for me to count them. Loved seeing her first day. Pratt needs a throat punch here, for real. Jing Mei had every right to side-eyed and cold shoulder him. I did feel bad for her attitude at Neela, though. Girl did nothing but show up on her first day. Uh, Neela taking the phone call, trademark was actually a stroke of genius. I was shocked and terrified in the OG run. The reactions from everyone, especially Abby and Carter, is both wonderful and a little surprising, given everything. A very underrated moment is the shot of Susan with her hand on Abby's shoulder, talking to her while Abby silently cries. Gives me chills to this day. Overall, this is a solid episode, if only for what it leads into. Cannot wait for next week and The Lost. Toodles. And oh well, wow, this is a short one for Aaron. And last but certainly not least, we have at the full time dad. As far as season premieres go, now what gives us a nice palate cleanse from season nine? No, Carby isn't coming back. As Abby wakes up and reminds us that Fetch isn't gonna happen. Perminda Nagra shows that the admit desk is shows up at the admin desk and is immediately arresting as Neela Rosgotra. It's hard to take your eyes off her. Just ask Pratt. Uh, Greg really backslides here, though. His behavior with Neela is super cringeworthy until the final scene, and Jing Mei had every right to call him out on it. And then there's the phone call. Yes, it's one of those twists that season nine kind of ran into the ground, but the reactions of everyone at the admit desk and Abby's once she receives the news are worth it. Even Galant's, which was priceless, no, not really. But it also shows one of the flaws of season 9. Unless you're binging the show now, or had an incredible long-term memory, I couldn't blame you if you didn't remember why Gallant didn't get along with Luca. Let's just say it takes a lot of hindsight. But at least for a week in 2003, you had to sit and wonder, did these motherfuckers really kill off Luca? Why is Carter going back to Africa? Did the blood flow back to the rest of Pratt's body? Tune in next week, cue the Batman theme.
0: (laughs) The answer to that last question. I'm trying just to re- now. Jesus I'm trying to Lizzie. remember
2: what is the source of the friction between Luca and Galant? Is it <laughs> is it just that that he didn't write him the letter of recommendation? I, it might just be that. That's what a flimsy ass thing for Galant to be mad about when the other guy is we've just been told dead. Like that's you're still upset because he didn't write you a letter of recommendation three months ago. Like that's
0: oh that's flimsy.
1: That's the that's the only thing I can think of.
0: Uh, new season, same, same spiel though. That's gonna wrap up our episode for today. Pfft, I can't talk tonight. That's gonna wrap up our episode for today. Thank y'all very much for listening as always. The show is brought to you in part by our patrons over at patreoncom podcast, Where for the low price of only five dollars a month, you can get an assortment of stickers, including one featuring our favorite desk clerk Jerry, over and over seventy-five hours of bonus audio and video content, including the full season recap episodes let me y'all the season 9 one is a fever dream absolute
1: like, chaos please go like, listen
0: they're mo- ever si- like they're all fever dreams because jake is jake but like jesus christ <laughs> people especially I was, this year, I was crying it gets it gets it gets even more insane from the end of the free feed version <laughs> if that's if that's even possible uh, we also have a free-form monthly bonus show called the Lounge and uh, movie reviews where we talk about a movie featuring an ER cast member. Twister should be up, uh, and character retrospectives where we reflect on departed main cast members. We would also appreciate it if you would follow us on our social media accounts. We are on Facebook at facebook.com dot slash sign the tone podcast, and we are at sign the tone podcast on Instagram. Also be sure, to sh- I cannot talk tonight. Also be sure to check out the official sign the tone community on Facebook. Our theme music is provided to us by Andrew M. Edwards and Danny. Work. folks find you at?
2: They can find me on Instagram at dan.u. That is y-o-u dot e-l. They can also find me on my other podcast, The Popular Court, with my co-host, Jake Terrell, where we do a different pop culture topic each episode and put it through a little bot trap.
0: And Lauren, Work, can folks find you at?
1: Folks can find me on my Instagram at lobo92345.
0: You can also find me on my Instagram because I refuse to give Elon Musk even $1 even one dollar a year one to click. prove I'm not a bot. <laughs> one Uh, I am at randomgamer1 on Instagram. That's GAM3R as always. And thanks again to everyone very much for listening. Please join us again next time and have a great week.